1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all bills all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all
2: year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, the Bills ran 92 plays, held the ball for over 40 minutes, gained 505 yards, scored 34 points. You'd think it was a really great walkaway victory for the Buffalo Bills over the Philadelphia Eagles. But here we are again discussing another tough, close loss, and one where the Bills basically made too many mistakes the Eagles win in overtime 37-34 it's always game day in Buffalo Sal Capaccio I'm back in Buffalo flew back with the team on Sunday night Matt Bove is with me he is actually on his way back home now driving through the night gonna stop halfway so he's kind enough to join me um audio over the phone here so Matt be safe driving while you're doing this will you
3: thank you I'm in the passenger seat now I'm in the back seat Dom and Gregor with me so Hi to Dom and Greg. They get the shout out here. We are somewhere on 476. I don't even know where that is. All I know is that we're about 40 minutes outside of Trenton, and I am going to crash hard tonight. I'm going to fall asleep immediately after that game. That was crazy. It was an unbelievable game. Honestly, it's probably the game of the year. Nobody wants to hear that because the Bills lost. But the actual game itself was really, really good.
2: One of the best games I've ever watched. Um, I was just watching Sports Center actually at home with Scott Van Pelt, and they let off with it. It's called it an instant classic, and it was. Yeah. Here's the problem, Matt. Here's another instant classic the Bills lose. They've lost too many of these yep. instant classics, and they lose them in very similar fashion. Close games. They take a lead. The other team wins. This game actually eerily reminded me way too much of the 2021 playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Gabe Davis scores late. They allow a long drive. They allow a long field goal to go to overtime. They lose in overtime, and they walk away thinking what could have been, should have been. And this has happened far too often to these Buffalo Bills.
3: Yeah, it's happened far too often because every time they have one of these big games, they lose. It feels like in every one of these big games, there's costly mistakes. They get out coached or they have one big thing that goes against them and they can't overcome it. I think about the game you just talked about. Obviously, 13 seconds is the absolute biggest stage that that happened. I think about another game I thought of a lot tonight was the Bucks game in 20 where they lost a off touchdown and it felt like similar. I thought about the Titans game a couple of years ago where they went for it at the end of the game and they could get it. I've just thought about so many times where they've had these big games and they just come up short. It feels like they do one of two things. They either blow teams out or they lose in a heartbreaking fashion. And once again, tonight, Josh Allen was unbelievable. Josh Allen looked like the best player on the planet. He had 420 combined yards. He basically dropped back like 60 times between the 51 pass attempts he had and all the rushes that he had. And they still lost. There have been times this year where the offense has failed them. That was not the case against the Eagles. The defense failed them. And for the third time this season, the defense had a lead with less than two minutes on the clock. And they could not get a stop. And that's not even counting the Giants game when they almost lost that game in the same exact situation. So for some reason, this defense just folds at the end of games.
2: Well, let's talk about why that is then. What's the reason? Because this defense was dominant in the first half. And look, they weren't that great in the second half overall. They gave up three straight touchdown drives. Oh, uh, they the, bad. The Eagles had over 200 yards of offense in the second half. They had another 75 in overtime. They close to 300 total uh, through the second half in overtime. So it wasn't like they were doing a great job. Like, you know, you think the the Cincinnati game – They were holding on, holding on, making stops, making stops, and then didn't at the end. The New England game actually is more the one I should use for this. The same thing happened there. And then Denver. This wasn't the case. This was great, great dominant first-half performance. The Eagles had 95 first-half yards. 95 or 99, actually. 99. Amazing. And then the second half, they turn around. But you're right. They still could have defended one final drive, and they didn't. And the Eagles wound up kicking a 59-yard field goal, by the way. I mean, come on. And then yeah. and then they wind up you know, getting the ball back and going down the field and winning in overtime. So what, what do you attribute it to?
3: They don't have anybody who can close it out. I mean, Von Miller was supposed to be the closer. And I think back to some of the games that they won last year where Von made a huge play. It happened in Kansas City. He was able to make two huge plays in the fourth quarter. And now it feels like he's hurting them more than he's helping them. I mean, they're still putting Von Miller out in the field at times where they need a play, but he's not doing anything, and then that's taking away from somebody else who might actually be able to contribute. I mean, it's it clear. I mean, Von Miller is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he is not doing that. The safeties are a step slow compared to what they've been, and they just get beat. I mean, I don't really know exactly what's happening, but I think to his fault, Sean McDermott always trusts his defense too much. And this year it has proven time and time again that it can't make the big play at the big moment. They can't make the big stop. And and that's not to say, like, they're 6-6 six and six now on the season. The defense has performed at times unbelievably well, given the injuries that they're overcoming. But just one stop on a day when your offense has scored 31 points in regulation against a really good defense. Just make one stop. And they can't. And, I mean, I guess they technically did at the end of regulation, and they ultimately forced a 59-yard kick, which I think you really like your chances when that's the scenario that has to take you to overtime. But, yeah, it just they can't do that. And then the whole debacle at the end of that. Like, Sean is going to be criticized for a lot of things in this game. I don't think anything is, quite honestly, as egregious as the taking the time out to try and ice the kicker and then knowing that if he made it, then you no longer have that extra time out to try and move down the field and get points. I mean, we literally watched Kansas City do it with 13 seconds left, and there was 20 seconds left on the clock. And they could have had three or two timeouts. Even if you want to say, like, okay, on the third down, you want to take the timeout because you want to make sure you've got a good look and you're going to keep everything in front of you, that one is totally understandable. But trying to ice a kicker on a 59-yard kick that is a coin flip at best anyway, just feels like such a mistake.
2: Yeah. And then not only that one, you're right. The 20 seconds left one timeout, you use the timeout. So you only have one timeout. You decide to take a knee. That's one. And then the other one was you tell me what you think about not going for it on fourth and six in overtime on your on your first possession your only possession and we'll get to the we'll get to the third down play that preceded that in a second but the bills were faced with a fourth and 6 at the eagles 22 yard line Josh Allen's playing the best game of his career they had just given up the Philadelphia Eagles had like I said they've been running on them they've been throwing on them 204 yards of offense in the second half three straight touchdown drives four straight um uh, drives where they score and the bills decide to kick the field goal you okay with that
3: yeah, I am, and I always would, I think, be on the side of like being aggressive and going for it. I think if they would have gotten a couple of yards, then they should have went for it, and it actually sounds like they would have. At least that's what Sean said after the game. He basically made it sound like if it was like fourth and two to fourth and four, they would have went for it, but because it was outside of fourth and five, that's why they kicked the field goal. I don't think that's as egregious of a mistake. I think because it was a little bit of a longer play, you just hope that your defense can show up and make a play or maybe they get in field goal range and they miss a kick or something weird happens. So the overtime one I am not as, I guess, frustrated by, mm-hmm. but the kneeling at the end of regulation I thought was a mistake. The poor use of timeouts I thought was a mistake. It's just once again, they, those are the mistakes from the coaching staff. And then you have a Tyler Bast missed field goal a Tyler Bass blocked field goal, a touchdown that was dropped by James Cook where he would have walked into the end zone. Like These are plays where you are taking points off of the board against a team that you cannot do that. And it came back and bit them really bad in this game.
2: No doubt. The Bills left 13 points on the board, uh, off the board, I should say, for those plays you said. A couple of missed field goals, one was a block, James Cook as well. Let's get to the game, the play where they could have won it, though miscommunication between Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. The Eagles go with a zero blitz, so no no free safety home. There's nobody there. Josh saw it. Gabe saw it. Gabe cuts out towards the corner. Josh throws it in towards the inside. Josh said after the game, he just guessed wrong. Now, look, I think part of this, whoever's wrong, Josh Allen's going to put it on himself. That's what he does. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know whose fault it is necessarily. Those things can happen. But, Matt, that's the opportunity to win the game. And once that ball hit the turf, my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, now they might lose this game because they didn't make that one play that was right there to make.
3: Yeah, right there to make. Should have been a touchdown. Should have been an easy touchdown, a pretty routine one. I don't know who it's on. I can tell you from what I saw and what I was told from the people who were down on the field, it looked like Josh was pretty fired up after that play because he thought that Gabe was going to do something else. I'm sure that's a read on the leverage and what the coverage is doing, and they just guessed guessed wrong. So I I don't know who ultimately is to blame. Like you said, I'm sure Josh is going to take the blame on it. And it's also hard in a season where Gabe Davis has left a lot to be desired, it's also hard to put the blame on him because he was their best receiver today. Or yeah, I say today, whatever day it is. So, yeah, but he was their best receiver in that game against the Eagles. He made some huge plays for them. He had a one really big conversion in overtime. He had one on third down where Josh scrambled, and he kind of like dive and slid under the ball, and that led to a Bills touchdown a couple plays later. So he, he had a really good day. They, they both had great days, and it's just kind of like one of those things. It was the perfect storm. It felt like everything had to line up. The Stars had to align for the Bills to lose this game, and in typical Bills fashion, that's what ultimately happened.
2: There are so many records and stats showing up after this one about how much the bills dominated and how well they performed and still lost the game. It was just, I, I mean, you know, if you go to like the ESPN analytics during a game and say, well, this team only has a 1% chance. They wind up winning. That's kind of what happened to the bill season here, which is, or this game, even I should say more than anything, which overall just not in the moment, but overall you have that many yards of offense. You dominate that kind of time of possession. You lose this game. I mean, it's unthinkable. It's unbelievable. The Bills are only the the Bills are the first team ever to have that set of numbers. I read Ed Werder tweeted this out. I don't know if you saw Ed Worders stat or not. Did you see Ed Worders stat on the Bills? The first team.
3: I saw. It. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, the first team since the merger to have over 500 yards of offense, win the turnover battle, and convert 10 third downs, and lose the game. They all the, yeah. all the teams who ever did that were 39-0. and They're the 40th team to ever even have that happen, to do that, to play that well, and they still lost. So, yeah, and then there's a few things here and there that happened to the defense. The Hail Mary giving up is inexcusable. It's a Hail Mary is what it is. I mean, the guy who caught it was targeted one time in the game, Matt. That was his only target of the whole game. It's inexcusable yeah. to give a play like that. And we talk about the safeties. Yes, I mean, it did look like we have two safeties here, Hyde and Poyer, who maybe three years ago, That doesn't happen. Now, that said, they did get beat by a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins a few years ago, but that was a Hail Mary. This is a play where it's one-on-one, one one guy in the end zone, two safeties, and they couldn't make a play.
3: No, that's the thing. I mean, it's a great play by the receiver. It's a great play by Jalen Hurts to even give him a chance to do it, but it was 3rd-15. It was a crucial point in the game, and... Once again, you like could not get a big play from one of those guys. And so, yeah, I, I think back to those kind of moments, though. like The Eagles get that play from that guy, and then the Bills have the drop from James Cook. The Bills have all of the penalties that they have. They have the missed field goal. They have the blocked field goal. So it felt like in the first half, the Eagles had two big mistakes with the turnovers. The Bills capitalized on those. And then the second half, it was kind of a role reversal of like the Eagles really cleaned things up. And they got all of those big plays, all of those great moments. Bills were just kind of not getting that. Jo- Josh tried to, Josh did everything he could, quite frankly, to try and get this team over the hump. And it still wasn't enough.
2: Matt Bovey, WKBW-TV Channel 7. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550. It's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, we can't talk about this game without mentioning the officiating. Look, you and I, yeah. I think you and I are the same where we never want to go blame the officiating for losses, right? I mean, it's not what you do, but holy cow, man. And I'm not blaming it for the loss, but they certainly didn't help. They did not help because, I mean, there were just, it was blatantly one-sided, I guess. I don't know what other way to put it without sounding like I'm thinking they're favoring them. I don't think that's the case, but I have no other explanation for what I saw happen, especially in the first half in this game.
3: The Bills did not lose this game because of the officiating, but the officiating was still a disaster. And yes. it certainly did not help their cause because they just were getting. I mean, they got penalized in the first half. They had ten penalties if you look at the box score, but they were actually called for eleven penalties. One of them was wiped out on an offsetting defensive holding penalty, and I think the Eagles finished the game with what three penalties? It was it was
2: a, ten to one at at halftime. That's correct. And the, the okay. and the other two the Eagles had were the ones where Kelsey was called on the uh, the center situation to, uh, toward the end of regulation.
3: Yep, and then they had the rough in the passer in overtime that the Bills oh, did right. get. Yes. Which was also kind of a little bit of a I would say a nice sell job from Josh Allen. He mm-hmm. got the he got the star quarterback treatment on that play. So yeah, no, I mean the officiating is brutal. I still have not heard a good explanation on how that was intentional grounding and how it was not a horse collar and it was like, Oh well there can't be a horse collar in the pocket but I was like, What what are you seeing? And Gabe Davis was right there. So that felt like it should have been, what, third and goal at the three, but instead it was third and goal at the 15. And then that wiped out points because that was the field goal that Tyler Bass had blocked. So that play call was egregious, I thought, or excuse me, that um, penalty miss was egregious. I thought if you were going to hold call the holding on Douglas, then the penalty on Slay on Sherfield should have also been a penalty. That was not called. That very clearly looked like after I watched the replay that there was contact there. So, yeah, I mean, it just felt like it was the perfect store. I mean, even if you're taking penalties, 10 to one is ridiculous. There should never be that big of a discrepancy ever. I think unless you're an an Eagles fan, you watch this game and you were like, what the heck is going on?
2: There, it wasn't just the penalties that were called against the bills and some were penalties to me. It was more of the missed ones against the Eagles that weren't called. That bothered me. I mean, a clear pass interference on Shurfield and even more clear on Stefan Diggs later on in the game on the sideline and then a clear block in the back and a punt in the punt in overtime um, Saran Neal was shoved and look Saran Neal didn't help himself he had a a horrible penalty himself, which was a penalty. It was called. It was the face mask penalty on a punt. Bill inspector had a, fa- had a penalty on a special teams play. So, you know, they, they didn't help themselves for sure. You want to know what Sean Hockley said? You said you haven't heard an explanation here. It is. There was a pool report after the, after the game, Sean Hockley was asked yeah. why there was no, um why there was no call on the intentional grounding. He said, quote, we felt that the force was from the front of the collar, And what pulled him down was not the back. It's responsible for where the ball. He's responsible for where the ball goes, given that he started his throwing motion after he was contacted. So he didn't feel like the ball was in the vicinity of an area of an eligible receiver. The game Davis was
3: standing right there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he was right there. He was five feet away.
2: He was also asked, by the way, he was also asked about the pass interference on Trent Shurfield non call from the view and the angle of the official, we just didn't feel it significantly hindered the receiver's ability to catch the ball, the standard response. I'm telling you, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than, and Matt, I mean, the, the, Bill's sideline was going crazy on it, right? I mean, they, they, they had every right to be upset, but these are things that, and Sean says, and I, and I, I like how Sean handles these things. You'd love him just to go crazy on officials. You can't do that. He'd get fined it'd become the story. He'd be called a crybaby. He never does that. He said, don't leave it in the hands of the official, you know, Make plays. Win the game. And and I agree with that. And the Bills didn't do that enough this game. My biggest issue with the Buffalo Bills right now in this season, they have six losses all by one score. Matt, they have the kind of numbers that they should be in at least seven-win t- team, maybe eight-win team. But why they're losing these games for two reasons. A, they can't close them out on defense. We've seen that. And offensively, they just make really, really critical mistake at horrible times. And that's how drives end. They end with these critical mistakes. They end with a drop pass. They end with a penalty. They end with the coach deciding to punt on a, you know, no man's land on the other side. of the. They end with a block field goal. They end with a missed field goal. It's happened way too much and way more than it's really ever happened in this regime's tenure.
1: Is your reward, Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Yeah, they're, they're finding ways to lose games. And I think for a little while, they were a team that found ways to win games. Yep. And this year, it's the exact opposite. And it is just baffling that it continues to happen. And this is how we started the episode, too. It's baffling that it continues to happen on the big stage. And like the big games and the big moments, it feels like they always find a way to lose this game. And when you have Josh Allen who is doing everything he can to get these wins. It feels like it's almost more challenging to lose them than to win them. Mm-hmm. And they still are continuing to do that. Like, there's no way Josh Allen should have lost this game. This was, you said earlier, I don't know if you actually meant it, that it was his best game as a pro. I don't know if it was his best game, but it was certainly, like, very good. It was top no, It was his
2: best game of the season. I, I, I hope oh, I didn't okay. say it as a pro. It was his best game this year, though.
3: Yeah, best game this year, best game in a while you be wasting years in games like this. And that's, I think, the thing that is so concerning about the future outlook and the thing that I guess you have so – I have so many questions about. It's like you, if you have right now you have Josh Allen healthy and you have Stefan Diggs healthy, you have Stefan Diggs getting a year older, you have Josh Allen getting a year older, a year more into his contract, and you just look around the league like – deshaun watson is out for the year joe burrow is out for the year there's all these quarterbacks that are missing time and this is supposed in the chiefs look beatable and this is supposed to be the window when you can go and eventually get your first super bowl and now they might not even make the playoffs probably won't even make the playoffs which is just inexcusable
2: well they have a bye week coming up i want to wrap with a couple questions number one what would you feel about the performance from joe brady as a play caller today
3: he might be really good at this. Joe Brady has hit the ground running. He is putting his team in positions to score points, and I think the most important thing is that Josh Allen looks like Josh Allen again. And Sean McDermott made an interesting comment post game about that, and it was about Josh Allen's performance. And he yeah. said the last couple of weeks how good Josh Allen has been, and alluded to the fact that that's why he made the change when he made the change which was weird to me. It did not feel like that was a necessary comment to make, but it almost felt like he went out of the way to say, like, Joe Brady is getting the most out of Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey was not. He didn't say it that bluntly, but it was interesting that he kind of slid that in there. So, yeah, I think that Joe Brady has done a really good job, and I think he is absolutely making a case to be the permanent OC here.
2: Yeah, I like that last point. I want to leave you with this. I just, I keep thinking about this game. I'm thinking about the fact that they're, one and six, they're over their last six in overtime games. Thinking about the Houston playoff game. I'm thinking about the Kansas City playoff game, Tampa games like this, the games this year. You know, Matt, I I fear, I fear. Is this is this team bonded and by these losses? And that's why this is happening. You know, the the talk of the Eagles is they you said it, they find ways to win. The Eagles, the talk about them is, hey, that's what they do. They win these games. They win these close games. They have a belief. Are we to the point where bills just don't have any belief. They're going to win these games when they get in these close games. Are they, are they melting down in these situations because it's almost a fait accompli for them. And they feel like that they should lose the games. If that makes sense, because it's happened so much now.
3: I don't know if the players are, but I'm a little concerned about the coaches. I'm a little concerned about Sean McDermott in this role, because I feel like in the big moments, he has just gotten out coached in on this stage. And That's bound to happen at times, but it feels like it happens too often. Mm -hmm. It feels like it happened in this game. It feels like it happened in the Vikings game last year, the Titans game a couple years ago, the Bucks game a couple years ago, the Houston playoff game, like all of these games where they probably should have won. And even if you don't want to say that they should win all of them, well, they should win, what, half of them, right? Or or maybe 40% of them, and they don't really win any of them. It's what we said earlier, like, They win blowouts and then the close games, they usually do not win or at least they haven't lately.
2: All right, buddy. Well, I'm going to let you get to drive in here and we hope that, uh, Maybe we're a little therapeutic for everybody, but it's tough, especially when you have a bye week on the horizon. You got to sit with this one for two weeks. I mean, this isn't a normal loss. I mean, remember a couple of years ago, they lost in the Hail Mary and had a bye week after that. You're like, oh, my God, you got to sit with that thing. It's kind of the same thing here, but the reality in this one is versus then. Back then, they were still really good. They were trending towards even having the one seed. They didn't get it. Now, they're on the outside looking in, and chances are very, very slim right now. They're going to make the playoffs based on where they stand in the standings and what the schedule is that lies ahead. So it's, it's, it's not a good feeling for bills fans tonight.
3: Can I ask you one question? Sure. It's a big question and it's a loaded question and we'll do more episodes just on this. Is Sean McDermott's job? 100% safe.
2: Mm, it's a great question. I thought about it tonight. I have been saying that I believe it is for quite a while, simply because, and again, this is a separate question of, do you think it should be, or is it you're asking me, is it, I've been saying, yes, it is, because of his relationship with Terry Pagula, with how Terry trusts him and Brandon Bean, how well they work together. The fact that he just got a contract extension to show that faith. I I do think now, though, that there are going to be I mean, this is what you do in sports organizations. There's going to be an evaluation. And I wouldn't say 100 percent now. I don't I still don't think he'll get fired. Yeah. It, to me, if he was to not be the coach, it would be more maybe him stepping away if anything like that happened. Like, or it would take him and Terry Pagula really disagreeing on something like, hey, you got to fire these coaches. And Sean's like, I'm not doing that. Like, those kinds of things can happen. But just on performance now, I don't think it's 100% anymore. I don't think it's, I don't know, what is it? To me, it might be 85, 90, but that's still not 100.
3: Is there anything that would change it this year? Because I agree with you. I think that he's going to be the Bills head coach next year. And I think he'll probably be the Bills head coach for the foreseeable future. Because I do think that this is kind of the perfect storm of just like a really bad year. And even if they miss the playoffs this year, I still think that they have the potential of being a team that can, you know, contend for a championship. But what if they've got five games left? What if they finish with like seven wins? What if they go down this stretch and they only win one game or two games? Because I think he is back, but... If this team finishes with a losing record, I do not care about the injuries on defense. You have Josh Allen, who is playing an MVP, MVP caliber. You can't have a losing record.
2: I keep going back to almost no matter what happens, he's built up so much good equity for what he's done for this organization and how much Terry trusts him that I don't think it would happen. That's what I keep going back to. But I think it would almost be different, uh, the opposite. To me, it's if you have a couple more of these kinds of losses and you just miss the playoffs because of it, not if you have a losing record. I think it's actually you have a losing record. You can almost go, look, everything, a lot of things went poorly. We lost these guys. Hey, we, we got to make some changes. But I think if you keep losing a couple more games like this and just miss it, that might be worse, actually, for him.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I guess it's, it's a really interesting layer that I never thought we would be having the conversation on this season. I legitimately thought, that this team was as talented as they've had. And I still think that they have made some improvements that will help them long-term with the roster. But to lose these close games time and time and time again this season is just really, really confusing. And I guess if you're a Bills fan, disheartening. The the one thing that you can grasp onto, if you want to be optimistic, is Josh Allen's like a freak. That game was so good. And if they play offensively like that, they can beat the Chiefs. They can beat the. They can beat any team that they have on their schedule. But I don't think I have the confidence in them to do that because I don't know if I have the confidence in their entire team. I, I think I, it's it's flipped. I I don't yeah. have any confidence in the defense. I have confidence in the offense, but not in the defense
2: what you just said about the chiefs and Cowboys, like they should have beat the Eagles. You can't play a better game offensively. Well, you can but you know, they, the way, the way they lost this game, the way they played this game and not to win is, is just remarkable to me. All right. All right. You, you go ahead and get some sleep tonight. Uh, I'll be on WGR in the morning. And by the time people hear this, it's probably already, you know, past that, but you know, we are both, uh, it's a bye week. You know, we'll, you're not going to hear, see Matt on TV you're not to hear me on the radio much this week because it's the bye week and we both have some time off this week, but we'll be back at you on this podcast. It's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks to Mike Robier, our producer, Matt, get some sleep. Thanks for uh, staying up late to do this.
3: Absolutely. And uh, thanks for listening everybody. And we'll talk to you again soon.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?